You're listening to Healthcare Now Radio. Stand by for this just in the latest in healthcare innovation and technology trends with your HIT advisor, Justin Barnes. Thank you for tuning in, and welcome to This Just In. I'm your host, Justin Barnes. In these of our segments, I'll bring you the latest advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and public policy. As always, we're broadcasting from the This Just In studios on the Business Radio X network, as well as the Healthcare Now radio network. And before we dive in with my guest today, I want to take a moment to let everyone know that we'll be broadcasting the This Just In radio show again live from the HIMSS annual conference in March from Las Vegas. Many more details to come here shortly, but I hope everyone is planning on attending. We'll have another great slate of CEO, CIO, leading care providers, industry thought leaders, and certainly policymakers joining the show. For this episode, though, my 113th episode, we're going to speak with entrepreneur Dr. Mark McKenna, founder and CEO of Of Me. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you, Justin. Glad to be here. It's great to have you. And we met through a mutual friend and entrepreneur, Dr. Jordan Amadio. So, um, first of all, how did you meet Jordan? Where did you first meet him? He's a great guy. Yeah, J- Jordan is actually one, really one of my best friends. Uh, I think we just kind of ran in the same circles locally. Um, I think both both of us being entrepreneurial-focused um, physicians, that was probably inevitable that we met. But uh, Jordan and I were introduced through mutual friends, and he and I just stayed connected. And I think uh, he and I have been friends for about seven years now. And uh, he's really one of my closest friends now. I enjoy him quite a bit. Very smart guy. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, uh, so do I, and certainly a smart guy. I bounce ideas off him frequently as well. So, um, tell my, yeah, you know, give my audience and tell us a little bit more about your background. Where'd you grow up? Go to medical school, get your MBA, all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. So I'm, I was actually born in in Washington D.C., but I, I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, I've come from a family of physicians, so I think that uh, my initial exposure to healthcare was just through my family. Um, but I, uh, I went to Tulane University Medical School in New Orleans. Um, I recently did an MBA in entrepreneurship at uh, the Bernal University, which is a small private college here in Georgia. Um, but I think I've had a uh, uh, just kind of in retrospect, I always had sort of an entrepreneurial focus. And um, uh, early stage, I kind of diversified out of medicine. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I actually started buying real estate in medical school. I think that was my initial exposure to real world entrepreneurial ventures. Uh-huh. And uh, again, to make it just sort of a very long story short, when I um, when I finished my medical training, I um, was working doing sort of family practice medicine in New Orleans and was uh, just investing basically every dollar I made into real estate. And ultimately, I. Uh, uh, Acquired a small mortgage company um, and uh, and a uh, title company, a real estate title company, real estate closings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my partners and I built that up to about uh, f- uh, 55 employees, and and the business ultimately became uh, sort of design, build, finance, uh, boutique real estate projects in house, and. Uh, so that was probably my first company that I, I started. Um, as I said, we it was a very successful business. We grew it uh, pretty rapidly, and um, I think uh, 
around, uh, I think I was around 31 when Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans and it basically wiped that business out overnight. Mm -hmm. And um, in the aftermath of Katrina, I started traveling to Atlanta. I would travel to uh, uh, Atlanta on the weekends and, and I was spending my weeks, uh, weekdays in uh, New Orleans and basically just fell in love with the city. And, and I moved here about 10 years ago and um, started ShapeMed. Excellent. So what what got you into healthcare? Before we get to shape med, what got you into healthcare? Um, be just be with your family being doctors and you going to medical school? Or? Yeah, 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 exactly. So I think um, uh, my my father's a, a surgeon. Um, kind of interesting perspective. He's got two brothers. Of his two brothers, one of them is a surgeon. So two of the three are physicians, and then my mother has two sisters, and. All three of the sisters married physicians, so you can imagine, you know, growing up, all I knew was uh, medicine and the practice of medicine, and not only for my family, but in sort of their immediate social, this, uh, the social circles that they ran in. So I think my initial exposure to, to medicine was through my family, and um, you know, it's been great Excellent. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. healthcare. I've been in healthcare for twenty, a little over twenty-two years now, and. It's an amazing industry. Don't have a background. My family doesn't have a background in it, but I was very fortunate to come across uh, a company that was growing at the time, HBO, HBO, CHBO and Company, which was the fastest growing health IT company back in the day. And then we mm -hmm. sold off to McKesson, and it's been a great, uh, a great uh, time ever since. But um, I actually came across you. But you mentioned ShapeMed a moment ago. Um, mm -hmm. I think I came across ShapeMed through Lifetime Fitness a couple of years ago. So I'm very interested. This show is, you know, mainly with, C I mainly interview and speak with CEOs and, and founders and 80% primarily in healthcare. So actually your, your mm -hmm. diverse background in real estate is, is beneficial because I try to have entrepreneurs from all spectrums of life. 80% tend to be from healthcare because that's where my network and, yep. and people lie. But yep, um, yep. I love hearing the best practices outside of healthcare. A lot of times business best practices are just best practices. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. There, there's always ways to be successful no matter where you are. But I came across uh, Lifetime a couple of years ago. So I think I, I heard of ShapeMed. So when we kind of, when I saw some of your bio and we got to know each other a little bit, I'm certainly intrigued yeah. because I would love to know, and I know my audience would as well, you know, how did, uh, how did that uh, sale come about? ShapeMed, how did, you know, selling off to Lifetime, the acquisition process yeah. and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a sort of interesting process. So in, in the aftermath of Katrina, as I, as I mentioned, I was traveling back and forth from uh, New Orleans to Atlanta and I, I ultimately made the decision to move to Atlanta in August, 2007. Yeah. And uh, we launched ShapeMed November, 2007 okay. uh, with uh, the idea just fundamentally was uh, sort of uh, fee for service, uh, medical aesthetic and wellness practice. Um, we did some things uh, exactly right early on. We were early adapters to the internet and to digital marketing, and I think that helped us helped us uh, um, gain market share here in Atlanta pretty rapidly. But uh, again, to make a very long story short, we we grew that company up to to be one of the largest um, medical aesthetic providers, basically in the southeast. I'm sure you're you're at least per peripherally familiar with Allergan. Sure, of course. Uh, the manufacturer of Botox, right? So yeah. Allergan has about forty thousand accounts nationwide. And I think we grew to be uh, top 25 in America. Um, so um, Allergan invited us out to their headquarters um, in, uh, in California to do some informal consulting for them. Uh, six of their largest practices from around the country were invited out. I was one of the six, and uh, Lifetime Fitness was one of the six. 
And uh, to make a long story short, again, um, the dialogue started there and it just kind of evolved. And they ultimately uh, one uh, acquired me about eight months later. Um, so uh, the, the premise in partnering with Lifetime was, uh, you know, at the time they were a publicly traded company, um, you know, north of a billion in revenue annually. I think they had about 137 um uh, for lack of a better word, uh, gems around the country. And, and, you know, if you've ever been in a lifetime, they're, they're sort of large box, traditional um, uh, uh, workout facilities. But uh, they have a an, uh, sort of affluent clientele that mirrored our demographics quite closely. Uh, so the, the idea was we would, in essence, move uh, ShapeMed in, into lifetime and sort of cross-pollinate one another and open expose their members to our services and and vice versa expose uh m- in my clientele to, to their services and it was great i mean uh uh the the the, the they were an, an ideal partner in in many respects and uh you know ultimately it was a it was a great deal for me um and, and very smart people I enjoyed working with them quite a bit yeah so what were some of the obstacles because my show i love to highlight best practices and entrepreneurs listen to my show Find out, you know, how can I do something? How can I do it better? You know, what issues can I avoid or pitfalls can I avoid? So, you know, what obstacles did you face when launching, growing, and selling ShapeMed? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like like any entrepreneur, uh, you know, uh, particularly coming from from a medical background, I'm sure you have a, a lot of uh, f- physician um, friends and, and associates that oh, yeah. I'm sure have been on your show. But I think. Uh, coming from that sort of very narrow focused medical background, unfortunately, in many instances, we don't get exposure to, you know, basic accounting principles and right. and, and sort of the the blocking and tackling of of running a business. But um, so I say that to say uh, I, I probably made every mistake in the book with ShapeMed. Uh, some things we did very well, and and many things we got completely wrong. Uh, speaking transparently, but um, I, I think the biggest mistake in retrospect was n- not planning. Not having an end in mind, uh, and I think my situation was a little bit unique in that uh, literally I was um, scrambling out of New Orleans in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, and for me, shape what you know it was certainly a passion of mine, but in many ways it was just simple survival. You know, I was uh, I'd made the decision to leave the city, and I was moving to Atlanta to launch a new business. So um, I, uh, I think in retrospect, I, I could have been more thoughtful about where I wanted to end up, right? Uh, and, and, you know, particularly when you're bootstrapping a business, um, you know, sometimes you don't have the luxury of thinking long term. It's just, you know, how do I make that that, uh, uh, you know, the rent payment or keep the lights on or, or to pay my staff. But um, certainly in, in this new venture that we're launching, uh, we're being very thoughtful about everything. Um, so I think the biggest obstacle for me with ShapeMed was just not being not thinking long term early enough. You know, and, and that related to, you know, my, uh, you know, protection of IP, uh, legal issues, you know, uh, structuring contracts, you know, I, I can go on and on. Um, but I, I think that would be uh, that would be the biggest obstacle I faced. No, that's great advice um, and, and spot on. I mean, when we were building uh, our large last uh, large company, Greenway, we um, we certainly made our fair share of mistakes. But I do. We were we were we focused very heavily on the end game, which it took a lot longer. We, we IPO'd the company and took a public on the New York Stock Exchange, but it took us about eight years longer than we had planned. So um, we had that end goal, but, uh, but we had a lot of middle ground to make up before we, <laughs> we got there. But, um, but it all worked out great. Uh, yeah, believe me. Uh, 
yeah, yep. all entrepreneurs. I, I get it. it. Always takes longer. Rarely will anybody say, "Oh yeah, it was it happened so much quicker than I thought." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But um, Me- measure ten times, cut once, right? Amen. Exactly. That's no, great advice there too. Um, so tell us about your new venture. I mean, of me, and I'm dying to hear about it. I know you're a little bit still in stealth mode, right? But I'd love to hear what you can tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we, we are a little bit in stealth mode. We're actually launching next month. Uh, our soft opening uh, is, is February 1. We're launching to the public March 1. Uh, but, but in essence, we are building a, a brand around retail medical aesthetics. Um, so if you can think about the uh, a, a traditional, for lack of a better word, um, uh, minimally in, invasive cosmetic uh, um, environment like a med spa or you know plastic surgeon or, or dermatologist dermatology office we, we think there's an opportunity for us to to truly build a brand around that space when I when I mean a brand I mean um, a consumer facing presence that uh, customers readily identify with nationwide so if you think about products like Botox or or um, Juvederm Wrestling or uh, Cool Sculpt, to pick, pick pick one of your favorite uh, medical aesthetic products, the products are very well known, but there's not a brand that uh, consumers identify with nationwide that has done a really good job of uh, um, um, uh, gaining market share. So in many respects, we feel like the the market, although it's growing explosively, it's still very uh, highly fragmented, and in many ways, it's still a cottage or boutique industry where you know it's dominated by local market plastic surgeons or derms, and 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 and, and um, business in many instances is driven through word of mouth or referrals. Um, but we feel like there's an opportunity for us to to really bring sophistication to that space and to and to build a brand around it. So we're excited about it. Excellent. So where did the name of me come from, and what does it mean? Yeah. It, yeah, so so that's a, actually a funny story. When um, we were actually going to call the business something else, and um, uh, uh, we wanted to call it Face Med or Face Medical, um, but uh, when we were uh, uh, settling on the name, it was the time our private equity team came on board, and in essence, we were obviously investing a, a large amount of money into to the uh, to the business. So we wanted to make sure, from an IP perspective, that we could put a moat around the business. And protect it adequately. So um, uh, we couldn't. To make a long story short, again, we could not trademark face med because you you, you cannot uh, trademark things like dry clean shirt or cut grass. It's too literal, right? There, there's too many sort of uh, permutations to the name that would make uh, it hard to protect that IP. So we wanted to settle something, uh, settle on something that was unique, and uh, and that we could also protect from an IP perspective. So. Um, um, it was kind of random. I sub- subscribed to a uh, a website that uh, curates uh, uh, domain names, mm-hmm. and uh, this one came across my desk. And I, um, it, it, you know, it's a four-letter URL, so obviously uh, there, there's value there so in, in, the, in the sort of a scarcity play, just in terms of the the uh, digital domain. But um, you know, I, I kind of it, it doesn't really slap you in the face, but when you start thinking about it, of me, it's pronounced of me, so. It, it sort of uh, speaks to personalization and, and uh, uh, the very sort of curated approach that we want to take to um, offering services to our clients. So it really, to, long story short, again, it, it doesn't really mean anything, but um, uh, I, I think it, we, we will be doing some very interesting things with the name. Yeah, so it's O-V-M-E, um, which is, yeah, Correct. of me. And yeah, having four four letters in your URL is strong from a branding perspective. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it sounds like move. It sounds like, 
you know, you, you, you can, uh, we're playing with things like part of me, best of me, of me to you. You know, there, there's a lot of cool things that we'll be doing with it, uh, that kind of uh, um, speaks to our brand ethos and our brand philosophy. So and we actually love the name now. Yeah, no, I like it. It's, it's catchy. So another thing from a best practice, obviously all entrepreneurs, we all go through fundraising and, and those aspects critical to building your business. Even if you're you know, funding it yourself, you still got to know what you're investing yeah. in and how much capital and all that. So you raised right around 4 million bucks, right? It's your seed capital. Yeah. 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 Four, four million dollar seed round. Yeah. Um, so tell me about that. That's, that's a great, yeah. that's a great uh, you know, year yeah. after leaving you know, lifetime fitness. Let us know how you did it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, that was a sort of interesting story. I, I think the, 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 the backstory is there, you know, I've, I've, I've had a couple of successful runs before, um, before of me and, and, uh, you know, the, the, the lion's share of all the other companies that I started, I, I bootstrapped or self-financed. So the idea of taking private equity was sort of somewhat foreign to me, but uh, to, again, uh, to, to offer a, a, a Cliff Notes version, when I left Lifetime, I, obviously I had, had a lot of free time on my hand. My wife had just uh, had a baby and you know we were just kind of relaxing, enjoying that whole whole process. But uh, uh, almost immediately, I started kind of just working, you know, just kind of back of the neck in ideas, and that kind of evolved into spreadsheet. I was introduced to, uh, um, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, a numbers guy uh, through a mutual friend, and he and I just started kicking ideas around, and that evolved into spreadsheets and models. And and uh, um, I was uh, uh, peripherally introduced to. Uh, my private equity partners through a, a mutual friend who is a, uh, they're part of, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with entrepreneurs organization, EO, and they yes. have a very, very robust presence in uh, Atlanta. Uh, so a friend of mine who's an EO um, uh, introduced me to uh, uh, one of the partners with the private equity group. And uh, it really just started out as very informal conversations. And, you know, again, uh, to, to make a long story short, we uh, we went under term sheet with the private. Ec- I left Lifetime, I think, in um, in June or July of 2016, and I think we went under term sheet uh, late 2016, and, uh, and ultimately closed the capital round about uh, about four months ago. Wow, that's terrific. That's uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Can you mention which firm you closed it with? Yeah. It, so uh, the, the name of the firm is Equity 38. Um, so they, they're in many ways, they are, uh, the perfect partner for us. They're a relatively young firm, um, but, uh, they specialize in consumer facing health and wellness. Um, so that was right up our alley. Um, you know, uh, I think if you were to speak to the owners of the firm, I think it's their personal passion. So not only are they, they sophisticated capital and smart investors and smart partners, but, but, but they lived the lifestyle like I do. Um, so, you know, we did, we, um, you know, we walk the walk, so to say, and I, th- I think they do also. So they've been just phenomenal partners with us and, uh, we're super excited to be partnered with them. That's terrific. So what are your long-term goals for of me? Yeah. Um, number one, it's really just to build a, a, a cool company. Um, I think, uh, there's the opportunities in, 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 uh, the sort of nexus of technology, healthcare and, and retail, um, modern retail, are almost limitless, and um, you know we're, we're obviously thinking uh, nationwide. Um, and and yeah, as you said, we're we're still in many ways operating in stealth mode. But uh, I, I think what what really excites me is extending the brand into 
um, in different ways in, in terms of technology, in terms of uh, uh, retail, you know, uh, skincare products, clothing, media. I mean, there, there, there's a, a ton of opportunity in the space. And um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's growing quite rapidly. So I think the opportunity to um, inject uh, smart capital and smart approach to business. And, and to your previous point, I think business is business fundamentally, but, but in the, in the medical space, uh, sometimes that gets lost because of, you know, of all the, the, the challenges and benefits associated with healthcare. Right. Um, uh, but I think if we can, uh, similar, the right people around us with the right capital and, and execute, I think the opportunity is almost limitless. Uh, but, um, uh, high level, we want to, we want to build a brand around retail medical aesthetics that uh, that has nationwide reach. Very cool. No, I love it. So um, for those just tuning in, we're speaking with Dr. Mark McKenna, founder and CEO of me. Um, so I always like to get to the next three questions, a little bit rapid fire. We've got about five minutes left in our yeah. chat, um, but I like to kind of get to the core of, uh, of a little bit of, of what, you know, what drives you. Um, what motivates you and also where you give, you know, where you where you serve your community. So um, first question here and then my last three. Um, mm -hmm. Overall, why do you do what you do and what do you hope to achieve in your current role? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, probably like like many entrepreneurs, what really excites me is is to uh, the idea of taking ideas and, and, and uh, through through hard work and and creativity, bringing those things into into reality, you know, just kind of taking a snapshot of 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 me, the current deal. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, a year ago it was an idea, right? And uh, you know, we're less than thirty days away from bringing it to market. So, you know, being involved in in, in that process is just amazing for uh, for me. It still excites me. You know, when I you know, we were touring uh, our. Uh, our um, office in Buckhead uh, that's being built right now yesterday with the contractors and it just blows my mind. So I think fundamentally I like taking ideas uh, and, and, and bringing them uh, into reality and, and then along the way creating opportunities for other people and getting the opportunity to work with other smart people that energize me and, and hopefully I, I do the same for them. Uh, so I think it's a combination of, of uh, creativity and energy that really, really drives me. No, great answer. And I, we have very well, very similar paths there and, and very similar motivations. So yeah. what do you do for community and charity investing? Where, you know, where do you give your time or invest your time, talents and treasures and why? Yeah, you know, uh, I can tell you, um, you know, historically, my wife and I, we've all, you know, we've been very active with with a number of charities and um charitable endeavors um that's slowed down somewhat since we had our, our first daughter uh, a year ago you know we've just been kind of you know really getting keyed in there but uh in fact you know every year i do a sort of like a visualization um uh, exercise for the new year and one of them was to, to to really get involved with a with a charity but um just to bring it full circle um you know historically we've all we, we've uh for lack of a better word, given a little to a lot of different sources, mm -hmm. right? You know, yeah. but uh, this year uh, we're doing a deep dive with the uh, with the Make a Wish Foundation, and uh, um, 
you know, and I'm sure you'll appreciate this in many ways for entrepreneurs, you know, your personal and, and work life blends, yes, right? They, you know, so. particularly if you're passionate about what, what you're doing. So for us, we actually have a, a formal partnership with Make-A-Wish Foundation where a portion of all the revenue generated uh, in the new company will go to fund wishes for chronically ill children. And uh, I think, um, you know, that's as parents, that's obviously meaning for, meaningful for me and my wife. And, and uh, you know, I think it just, it's, you know, who doesn't want to help chronically ill children? So um, uh, we'll be talking about that more as, as the business launches. And uh, but we have a deep and meaningful relationship with them, with the Make-A-Wish, the, the Georgia Foundation. And uh, one of the things that we like about the Make-A-Wish Foundation is ultimately they have a national reach. So as we grow sure. in the different markets where where we'll be um, opening shop, you know, more than likely they will have a presence in most major metropolitan cities. So so we're super excited about that. Excellent. Yeah, no, again, we're aligned there. We have um, not make a wish, but children are very near and dear to my wife and I hard. And we have a couple of children's homes over in Cambodia that we start and support um, and have traveled there frequently to check on. But uh, yeah, children who have been kind of left out uh, is certainly uh, close to our hearts. Um, So final question. I got about a minute left. What is your favorite place to get or be inspired? Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, so I, I probably get too I'm too easily inspired, but uh, I think uh, this is going to sound crazy probably to your users, but I'm an avid uh, jujitsu practitioner, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so probably about four times a week for about an hour and a half, uh, you know, uh, my friends and I just, uh, for lack of a better word, just beat the. Um, That's great. Uh, yeah, be, uh, you know what, out of each other. And, uh, uh, it, you know, no matter what I've got, uh, you know, how, how busy I am or, or whatever kind of problems I'm dealing with at the end of a, a good hour and a half session, you know, your mind is clean, you know, you're, you know, it just, it, it certainly clears the plate. Right. And, um, I would probably say, uh, as obvious as that sound doing jujitsu is probably that, that place for me. Yeah. No, that's great. I'm from New England initially. So the way my friends and I handle each other, talk to each other, kind of beat on each other. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Uh, I'm from <laughs> right. Austin, Hockey so. player. I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I understand. Dr. McKenna, thank you so much. Great to have you on today. And, and thank you for being our guest. And I know you got a busy schedule. So thanks for joining the show. Th- and, thank you, Justin. I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Thank you. And thanks to everyone for listening and joining us today. Please tune in weekdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. As always, you can track me on Twitter at HIT Advisor and use the hashtag ThisJustinRadio so we can respond to your comments from the show. If you missed this uh, episode or, or not hear any other ones, um, you can check us out on uh, where everything is posted on Apple iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, you can also check out the new website uh, or updated website that we've launched, JustinBarnes.com. Thanks, everyone. Have a terrific week.